Amen. You may be seated this morning. You know, we're in the month of November, the month of Thanksgiving. Come on, I'm going to use something to be thankful about. Come on, there's something to be thankful about, something to be grateful about. Amen. And so I'm excited, amen, because so many things are taking place, so many things are happening. And I'm excited because not only that, but we get to fellowship afterwards and we get to uh, eat together and, and, uh, and just enjoy ourselves and minister to each other. Amen. And so in a healthy environment, some say healthy environment, a healthy environment. Amen. And so we can just be, be free and enjoy ourselves. And so in saying all that, I, I want to talk about a few things this morning that are going to help us move into the new year because we've got to also we're coming out of one year and entering to a new year. And we are transitioning. We're, we're going through the holiday seasons and all this stuff is taking place. A lot of stuff God wants to restore what the enemy has torn down. Come on, somebody. God wants to restore so many things. And, and I, be, I believe that restoration begins in an individual's life. Individually, so we can begin to grasp corporately and even within your own family. But it has to start somewhere. Some say somewhere. And that's our summer. And I believe if we're going to reach a whole generation, if we're going to reach many generations, we need to first learn to reach ourselves. In Mark chapter 9, Mark chapter 9, verse 14, the Bible talks about here's Jesus. And Jesus is, is going to heal a boy. He's going to heal a boy who, who, who is deaf and all these things taking place. I need to break some stuff down for you can see this this morning. Mark chapter 9, verse 14. It says, and when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with him. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeting him. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And whenever it sees him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth. He gashes his teeth and becomes the gridge. So I spoke to your disciples, they, listen carefully, that they should cast it out, but they could not. He answered and said, this is Jesus, he answered and he said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long should I bear with you? Bring him to me. Now just bear with me really quick as I read this. Then they brought him to him. When he saw him immediately, the spirit convulsed. And he fell on the ground, wailing, foaming at the mouth. So he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. Then often he has thrown himself into the fire and into the water to destroy himself. But if you can, but if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Come on, amen. Father, we thank you for your word. I pray that you would speak to us and cause us to hear your word, God. Lord, that there will be a conviction in us, oh God. That will cause us to come to a place of change. To a place of greatness, Father God. Lord, we ask you that you help us to understand the gospel, God. Cleanse our minds, our hearts, and our spirit. I rebuke every lie and every demonic spirit that will cause us to not to hear. I pray right now, Father God, that you would just move within us and give us strength. In Jesus' name, and everybody says... Amen. Uh, you know, uh, uh, you hear in the Bible, you see, you see here is, is Jesus. And Jesus is approaching a situation. 
See, you need to know that Jesus is always in the mix. Jesus is always in the mix. He's always up in your business. Come on, somebody. Jesus will get in your business. Believe it or not, you could be somewhere all the way uh, trying to get away and trying to hide. He still will get in your business. He'll send people to minister to you like, oh, man, I'm trying to get away from church. And he'll still send somebody to your business. You know, I'll never forget, amen, I, I met the Lord when I, I was, I think I, I, had, I, was, I was on the run, amen, and I met the Lord uh, uh, trying to run from the Lord. <laughs> uh, if you catch that right there, I, I didn't want nothing to do with God, I wanted nothing to do with anything, and, and so I tried to disappear, and I, I went like about 10 counties over, and I, someone still told me about Jesus. And it reminds me of a story. There was this man that they were telling him that Jesus can change his life. And he said, well, I'm tired of all this Jesus. I don't want to hear nothing about Jesus. So he jumped on the boat. And he got on the boat. When he was on the boat, it was going on the boat and around the sea. And everybody started singing Christian music. Here he is in the middle of the sea. He goes, man, I'm tired of this. So he goes all the way down to the belly of the boat. Now he's in the way in the belly of the boat. Everything's, he goes, I know nobody's going to love Jesus down here. It's messy, it's dirty, it's tore up. You know, everybody's all messed up. And he's all sitting right there. Someone tells him, hey, do you know a guy named Jesus? I'm going to tell you, Jesus will get to you no matter where you're at. Come on, somebody. No matter where you're at, no matter what you're doing, no matter what's taking place. Amen. The Bible talks about that. Here he is. The, the, the disciples are talking and, and they're discussing. Amen. And they're, they're trying to figure out what's going on with this young man. And the Bible says that Jesus comes up and says, hey, what's going on? What are you guys talking about? Now, I need you to see this because I, I, this is what's going on in today. See, people think that this is a new thing that's happening or something new. No, no. What's taking place now in our generation has been going on for thousands of years. Thousands of years. If you notice, sometimes fabs come back. You know, nobody wanted to have, amen, a pompadour. Nobody has the pompadours. Hello, somebody. You know, uh, uh, back then, amen, the 50s, everybody dressed like the 50s. Nobody wants to dress like the 50s again. Something history repeats itself. And sometimes generations repeat themselves. Generations for good and generations for bad. Now, he, he specifically says something powerful here. He says, and this is what I want to talk about. It says, where's our faith? That's what I'm going to on today. Where's our faith? Jesus is here and he says directly to his disciples. He says it to the church. He says it to the believers. He says these words. He says, oh, faithless generation. Wow. That, that's heavy to be put on the spot. To be, these guys were moving with Jesus. They were functioning with Jesus. They were eating with Jesus. They were sleeping with them. And he calls them a faithless generation. That's a heavy slap in the head. Amen. And so what he's saying to this is he's saying that there's among you people that are not really believing the way you should. Why? It's because sometimes society will cause you to think a certain way and make you think everything's fine. We live in a world today that everybody wants to compromise. Imagine this, if I was a compromising pastor, which I would be slamming dope once in a while. Well, it's okay because everybody does it. Imagine if I was always drinking and partying on the weekends. It's okay, everybody does it. Why not the pastor? Everybody with me so far? I know you might like this, but it's going to be the truth. It's the gospel. And so imagine if I was doing all crazy chaotic stuff 
But it's okay because what? Everybody else is what? So sometimes we say, well, it's okay. It's okay for them, but why not for us? What happens is when you begin to mess with that, it pulls away from who you are. It draws away the power. It draws away your influence. It draws away what God called you to do and what called you to be. So he's saying this. He says, don't let this generation try to blind you. Don't let the society try to blind you. This is what he says. Very simple. He says, how long shall I be with you? My God. That's a question he says. Number one question. How long shall I be with you? Until you catch this. How many times do you need to understand that I love you and I care for you and I'm about to die for you? Come on, somebody. How, how, long, how long shall I be with you until you understand, amen, that I've called you to be great, to be mighty, to change, to be delivered, to be set free, to be powerful, to be a great man, a great woman of God, a, a, come on, a great husband, a great How long? How long? It took me close to five years, church. When I first got saved, I always wanted, I always got in fights. No, not the pastor, yeah, me. I always got angry, always got frustrated. I remember stabbing the guy in the home in the church. That was like about 20, 20 some years ago, guys. I wasn't pastoring yet, but I was saved. I didn't know how to get rid of all this anger. I didn't know how to get rid of all the frustration. I didn't know how to get rid of all the junk that was hitting me. I didn't know how to get rid of all this thing that I've been doing for so long. And I was like, God, how do I get it out of me? And it would always manifest. And I'd always get mad and I'll always blow it. Amen. And God, I begin to look and, and I never forget how long should I be with you until you get it. That I love you regardless of how you are. Mm, mm, mm. Come on, somebody. I, I, I begin to sense... That regardless of what I was, regardless of what I was going through, he loved me. But I have to learn, church, when God says, come as you are, that's great. But the Bible says, don't stay like that. Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. Come as you are, but don't stay stuck. I believe it takes time to make a man of God and a woman of God, but it shouldn't take forever. Come on, somebody. Amen. Has anybody ever been stuck on forever? Or you're like, man, you know, I've been, try- I've been doing this for 20 years. It hasn't worked. Well, maybe you're not working. How many times have we blamed everything else but ourselves? When I started blaming myself, stuff started changing. When I started pointing things at me, Stuff started changing. Come on, somebody. When I stopped blaming everybody else, when I stopped blaming my mom, my mom for, for leaving me, my dad for abandoning me, for my dad getting me strung out, for, you know, when I stopped blaming my brothers, my sisters, the, 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 the homeboys, the, the, the county jail. I saw, when I stopped blaming everything, I started blaming myself. Things began to happen. Change began to happen. Deliverance began to happen. See, that question, when he says, how long should I be with you, is very dangerous because there's a following question that comes with that. Church, how long should I be with you? How long should I be with you? You know, sometimes, you know, women, how long should you put up with him until he changes? Hello. Guys, how long should you put up with her until she changes? Amen. That was for free. I don't know where that kills it. That was a, a little Christian commercial there. But look at this, second, second question Jesus says. Now, 
It's very funny because, I say it's funny because here he is dealing with some things and he, and he, he says a couple questions while he's dealing with some stuff. He says, how long shall I be with you? Second, how long shall I bear with you? The word bear means put up. How long shall I put up with you? I don't know about you, but I thank God that he put up with me. Come on, so I, I thank God that he put up with me. I put God through some stuff. I put Jesus through some stuff, man. I'll put him through some stuff. My pastor says, man, I'm about to throw you out. My pastor was going to throw me out of church because I was always getting in fights in church, always doing something wrong. I don't know you guys. You guys look holy. You guys look perfect. I know you guys don't do nothing wrong. You know, you guys looking like, you know. But I, I had issues. I had issues. And there's, see, there's four questions that Jesus asked that just blew my mind while I was reading this. You know, he, it just blows my mind. And that's the second question. I'm going to get into two more right now. But it's pretty, pretty, pretty intense. He says, you know, how long will I be with you? In other words, I'm, I'm with you. He, say, he says, don't, don't, don't take the fact that I'm not with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. But he says, how long do I got to put up with you? How long do I got to come on? So how long do I have to put up with your faithless attitude? Man, ouch, help me, Jesus. How long should I put up with your stubbornness? How long should I put up with your unbelief? Because here is the man, and you're going to get into some stuff. I just want to get ahead of myself right now. But I need you to see this. God, Jesus saying, well, how long do I need to put up with you? Ain't that a question? It's pretty intense. That's a pretty intense question. That, that's a personal, that's something within a relationship. That means it's a relationship here. I remember me and my wife, me and my wife, we were dating. We've been together, well, how long have we been? 20 years. We've been 20 years. Amen. We've been in 20 years. And I remember the first couple of years, like, you know, she want to leave me. I want to leave her. She want to leave me. She want to leave me. She want to leave me. I want to leave her. You catch that? She want to leave me more times than I want to leave her. <laughs> and I remember one time she was like, man, she goes, well, you know, is this going to be my life? Is this the, I got to put up with this. And I had to start thinking, do I need to start changing? Do I need to start getting rid of stuff? I've noticed this. I noticed this. When I got saved, I changed my life. I got married. I still was a jerk. Amen. I don't know if you guys would admit that because you guys are perfect. You know, not you. Not you. God forbid you. God forbid you. Nothing be wrong with you. But for me, I didn't know how bad I was. And when I begin to read the word, God was slapping me left and right with his word. Every time somebody preached a message, oh my God, he's talking about me. Why is he picking on me? And it felt like every time he was picking on me. And I'm like, man, I don't even know the dude. Man, what's he preaching on me about? But God knew me. And God was telling me, can't you get it? Come on, don't you get it through your thick head? How long am I going to put up with you? And I'm like, oh, Jesus. I would hear things over and over. I would be across the world and hearing the same thing. People will come in I never met and they'll be preaching the word. I'd be like, oh my God. Church, because why? See, God wants us to get back to a place that we come to be the men of God, a woman of God we're called to be. Come on, amen. We, we, we can't say, well, that's just the way I am. That's just the way our generation is. Oh, faithless generation. We look at generation today, it's like everything's okay, and that's what's scary. Everything's okay. Everything is not okay. 
Amen. You know, I was watching this, I was watching this thing, uh, and they, they said, uh, do you believe in God? He says, no, I don't believe, there is no such thing as God. And I started laughing, you know, because I remember, I go, regardless of what you think, regardless of what you believe, there still is. Come on, somebody, there still is. Regardless of what someone thinks and someone says, there still is. It still is. It's, it's, it's like saying, you know, I don't believe that's an orange. It's still an orange, regardless of what you said. You can say, oh, it's not. It still is. It's still an orange. But we live in a generation today that wants to change things. And say, this is not right, and this is not right, or this is wrong, this is wrong. This is the problem, church. We've been doing wrong so long, it feels right. Now it's time to do right. It feels what? It feels wrong. See, I know what it is to be without faith. I know what it is to be a faithless generation. I know what it is to be lost. I know what it is to be bound. I know what it is to be locked up. I know what it is to be in my mind locked up in my mind. I know what it is to be all messed up. I, I know what that is. I know what that is. But when I met God, listen carefully, I'm going to tell you. When I met God, when I met Jesus, he began to unlock things in me. Come on. He began to unlock things in me. He began to open doors to me. I began to walk through. But you know what happened to me? I stopped walking through change. What do you mean, Pastor? That means you begin to walk through the doors of change. You begin to walk through doors of, that are being opened for you. Yet you're no longer, amen, the drug addict, a dope fiend. You're breaking through. You're no longer this and that. You break through. And then all of a sudden, you break it through and you stop. You stop, church. You stop. And all of a sudden, God says, oh, my God. Here we go. How long do I got to put up with you? Come on, you know better. How, how many got kids? Anybody have kids here? And when you tell your kids, oh, you know better, come on. And they know better, but sometimes they still don't do it. I got three of them. They know better. They, they got to clean their chore. They, they got to do this. Some people, you don't even get, get this. Mm. Generation now, don't even have their kids do nothing anymore. Oh, no, that's, that's child abuse. Child abuse. He ain't know nothing about no child abuse. Boy. I grew up with the ashtray, you know, being, ashtray was the, the, showing me how to play dodgeball. Rocks and the whip and the bout and the chancla. Hello, somebody. Everybody knows the chancla. That was your best friend. <laughs> but now this generation, they don't want to give their kids chores. Now the generation, kids are growing up and the kids like 32 living in your house and you don't want to call, charge them rent. No. Before, we, when we were younger, we got a job. That's back on the todo. Hello, somebody. They're going to give all your check. Man, what's going on here? Guys are bringing the best out of me today. Church, see, Jesus is trying to do a miracle here. But he's, at the same time he's doing a miracle, he's trying to put some things in order. See, he could just do the miracle. And be like nothing happened. But he says, no, I'm going to do a miracle. But I need to show my church, my believers, my sons, my daughters, my disciples, a few things here. That you need to know, first of all, I'm with you and I love you. Second, I'm putting up with you. I'm putting up with the condition you're at and the situation you're at, but not for long. 
Because he also says in another scripture, he goes, I won't be with you for, for, for so long. I won't be with you for so long. But he's telling us that he's putting up with us, man. He's putting up with us for a reason. Now listen, listen now look at the third question. This is the third question that hit me. After he says that, and he says, uh, bear with you, bring him to me. Then he brought them to him. And this look right here in verse, in verse 21. He says, so he said to the father, how long has this been happening to him? Wow. How long have you been like this? How long have you been stuck in your faith? How long have you stopped progressing? How long have you been stuck in your mind where you think everybody's against you and nobody loves you? Where did you get in your mind thinking it was okay to do that? Where in your mind did you get stuck? Where in your faith? Where did you lose your faith at? Where did you drop it at? What happened to you that caused you to stop thinking like you can do anything? What caused you to stop thinking that God can save anybody and change anything? What took place in your life? How long has it been like this? How long? I'll never forget it. Years went by, and all of a sudden, I'm sitting there, and, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm always getting mad. I'm always getting frustrated at certain times of the year. There's always, and what was the day? Uh, my wife, remember, August, September. What was, hold on. Sweetheart, help me out here. For three months. You remember? It was in August, September, and October. Well, three, three, three months right there. I always blew it. Always blew it. And I was trying to figure out how, and then I started thinking, how long have I been like this? And it was forever. I was like this always for a long time, always getting myself incarcerated, something happening, always. It was a familiar spirit the Bible talks about. A familiar spirit. And I had all this stuff going on in my heart, all this stuff going on in me, so much junk happening. All of a sudden, I, I called my mom on the phone before she passed away. I called her on the phone, and, and I, began to, I began to just unload Begin to unload, begin to tell her all this stuff. I was so hurt, so damaged. I didn't know, and I started to blame everybody. And all of a sudden, when I was yelling and yelling at her, I started thinking, it's not her fault. It's my fault. Come on, son. But I started, after everything was all said and done, I found out it was, I have a choice. I have a choice to let that anger take over me, that violent spirit take over me, that death spirit take I had a choice to allow myself. And I've been doing that since I was a kid. Since I was in school, I've been throwing out. I flunked kindergarten. Who flunks kindergarten? I flunked kindergarten for fighting. I went to ninth grade just for lunch. You can tell. Hallelujah. That's how far it went. Because why? Because of anger. They threw me out of school because of anger. Because of fighting. Had all this stuff since I was a kid all in me. So finally it snapped. And I seen that. I said, man. It's me. If I want to do better, I need to change. If I want to be a better husband, I need to change. If I want to be a better man of God, I need to change. And I need to let this stuff go. And I need to refocus and stop blaming everybody else. And take a look at me. Because God's saying, I'm with you. I'm with you. I know how long I got to put up with you. And how long have you been like this? See, when you can hear this in your life, you can begin to fix things. See, you can begin to become better and begin to grow and begin to say, God, okay, I know you're going to do something great in my life. I know you want to bring me peace. I know you want to bring me joy. I know, but let me heal and let me get delivered. Come on, people sometimes, amen, are walking around so oppressed, 
walking around with so much junk on them, they take it into their marriage and they're abusing their children, they're abusing their wives and their husbands. Why? Because there's so much damage there. So much damage. And I believe if we're going to go into this new year, we need to get healed. Come on, somebody. We need to be healed. We need to, we need to be healed from damage. See, when God, amen, when, when God gave Adam to Eve, the Bible says that he took a rib out of him. And he created Eve out of that rib. But you know what he did back? He healed Adam. He closed back up Adam. He didn't give Eve a man that was all wounded. He gave him a, come on, a healed man. And I believe men here, you need to heal yourself. Stop giving your woman that, 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 that wounded man. Stop giving that, that woman that wounded man. And women, stop giving your man a wounded woman. Heal those pains. Let it, some say let it go. Let it go. Come on, somebody, it's time to let go. Let go. Let go. Church, it's very important. It's very important. Why is it very important? Because we need to restore what the enemy is trying to destroy. Come on, somebody. Amen. Where it's not old faithless generation, it's a restored generation. Come on. It's a healed generation. It's a powerful generation. It's a God-fearing generation. A generation that fears God. Amen. A generation that knows that God can do anything. See, he goes on, church, and he asks another question amongst all this. See, here the father is saying, can you do anything? Can you help us? This is the father, he says, and often he threw himself into the fire and into the waters, destroying himself. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us. Here's the father saying, you know what? Jesus, if you can do anything, can you please help me here? Help me out. Now, this is where God turns the script. A lot of us would say, God, we need your help. How many ever cried out to God for help? God, I need your help. I need your help. God, I need your help. But have you ever heard what he tells you next? Have you ever heard what he says? I'm going to tell you what he says next. Because sometimes we don't hear it. This is what he tells you next. He says, Jesus said to him, if you can, believe. You want, you want, come on. If you want my help, if you want deliverance, if you're tired of that pain, if you're tired of that agony, if you're tired of all that distress, if you're tired of what's going on in your life, if you're tired of waking up feeling demon-possessed, if you're tired of waking up and being depressed, if you're tired of waking up and feeling lonely and feeling lost, he says, can you believe that I can change you? Can you believe that I can help you? Can you believe that I can lift you up? Can you believe? This is the thing. He throws it back at us. Church. He's telling us, can you believe in me? Can you believe that I'm the God that can restore us? See, he says this part is very intense. He goes, if, now this is where, this is where, it, this is where it's very important. He says, if, in other words, if you can, hmm, if you can believe, this is the second part, all things are what? Possible. All things are possible to him who what? Believes. Wow. He says, if you can believe, church, if you can believe all things. Someone say all things. All things. God is not limited. He's not limited in his healing. He's not limited in his restoration. He's not, come on, he's not limited in what he can do. He can do all things. And he's saying this to you, that you have the ability 
You have the ability, church, to believe in him. The ability to get back in that place where you belong. And say, okay, God, I'm going to believe. Mm, mm, mm. I'm going to believe. And when you begin to believe, stuff begins to happen, church. Things begin to take place. Stuff begins to change. Come on, somebody. Stuff begins to change. When I begin to believe that I don't have to be this individual no more, that I don't have to be this no more, it begins to change. It begins to happen. Man, a deliverance took over. I'm telling you, my mind began to change. The way I talk began to change. The way I spoke began to change. My whole life, the way I view things began to change. Why? Because I began to believe that he can and he will. And I, and I took it to heart, church. I'm telling you, take to heart today what God is trying to tell you. There is a way out of depression. There is a way out of your hurt and your pain. There is a way out. Come on. It's believing that Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior. That Jesus Christ can heal, restore, and mend. Church, if it wasn't real, I wouldn't be standing here. It's been 23 years. It's been real. And I've been real with him. I've been real. I say, God, you know, God, I need you. There's times that I've cried out to him at the most. I'm needing him the most, and he showed up. There was times that I needed, I, I, I laid myself before God, said, God, I, I need you to get me out of this situation. I, I, God, I need you. And he showed up, church. Come on, somebody. He showed up. Me and my wife, we took some heavy hits. We took some heavy hits. We took some heavy hits. She had to get a hold of God and seek the Lord, and God showed up for her. There's things that she'd been through that she had to stand strong. Amen. See, the reality is this. God wants us to progress. God wants us to grow. Come on, somebody. Amen. God wants us to grow. Amen. It's not so much what we say and what we know as much how much what are we doing with what we say and what we know. Come on, somebody. Amen. That's the important thing I want you to know today, that God has given us the ability, the ability to believe, church. Man, that's powerful. Have you ever seen a young kid as, as my, uh, the worship team comes up? Have you seen a young kid? He, he, he believes A young kid, he stands at the table, and the father tells him to jump. Jump. That kid, he's a he's a he's a he's maybe one or two years old. He's right there sitting, standing. He's at the end of the table, and he jumps. That father has his hands open. Some kids will take a running start, but that kid will jump. You know why he's jumping? Because he fully believes that his father is going to catch him. Come on, somebody. That his father is going to catch him. You know what's scary, what's scary sometimes? Even when the father's not there, kids still start jumping off that table. <laughs> After the father's gone, the kid has enough faith to believe. He knows he ain't going to get hurt no more. My son took it from jumping from table to climbing on the roof when he was like three or four years old and jumping off, pop, 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 and get off the roll and get back up. I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> He used to be Spider-Man. He thought he was Spider-Man. He would climb everything. He was so, thought he was Spider-Man. He was to wear chonies on his head, the Spider-Man chonies. 
He's 16 now, but you know, it's brief now, brief. But because he trusted that daddy would be there. I want you to know this morning, God's there. God is there. He's there for us. Come on, somebody. He's there for us. The Bible says that he goes on church. And in verse 24, it said, immediately the father of the child cried out. And this, this is what the father said. He said, said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my what? Unbelief. Wow. Then Jesus saw that the people came running together. He rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you to come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, listen carefully, convulsing greatly, came out of him, and he became as one dead, so that many said, He is dead. But Jesus took by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. And when he Listen, when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him, Spirit, why could we not cast it out? Hello, somebody. And he said to them, these kind only come out through fasting and prayer. He's telling them, there's going to have to do a lot more. You're going to have to begin to seek me in prayer. Come on, somebody. You're going to have to seek me in prayer, and you're going to have to learn to fast to deny certain things. That's what I was talking about. Some of us, fasting means to, to push away, to fast away from certain stuff, from food and a lot of Some of us, we need to begin to push away certain things. That's why we can't do it no more because we have, we're, we're stuck in doing so many fleshly things that we haven't pushed it away no more. That's why sometimes we think prayer doesn't work. No, is that we're so caught up with so much flesh, so much stuff that we have not prayed the way we should. And when we want to pray, we're so damaged. We're so caught up. Our minds are so filled with junk. And God said, you need to fast from all that stuff. You need to fast from all that junk. Because why? And he says it very plain, church, if you want to see miracles again, if you want to see it break through again, come on, somebody. If you want to see this stuff happen again, I want you to stand with me this morning, church. Hallelujah. The Father knew he needed to get rid of some stuff. The Father knew there were some things that were wrong. The Father knew there was some stuff that were wrong in him. He knew he needed to get rid of the doubt, the unbelief. See, maybe you're here today and there's stuff that you know that you need to get rid of. There's some things that, uh, that are lingering inside you that have stopped the hand of God in your life, that have caused you to be stuck, have caused you to compromise, have caused you to, you know, do certain things and certain stuff. And you're thinking, well, I just come to church and everything will be fine. But God is saying, well, how long do I got to put up with this? God is saying, today's the day of salvation. Today's the day to be mended. Today's the day to be restored, to be refreshed. Today's the day to have a fresh start, a new start. A new start. Because the new year's coming. Let's start off. Let's finish strong. Let's start off strong. This is your time, church. Your time to make a choice.
to make a decision before God. He's saying, where's your faith? I know my faith has caused me to change, to be delivered, to be set free. Don't stay stuck, church. Don't allow yourself to be stuck. You're here this morning saying, Pastor, I need Jesus. I don't know Jesus. I, I don't have him in my heart. I want to accept Jesus Christ today as my personal Lord and Savior. You're here today saying, I need Jesus. I need to accept Jesus in my heart. If that's you this morning, I want you to lift up your hand. I want to pray with you this morning. And then when you say, I need Jesus, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. You're here this morning saying, Pastor, I, I've drifted away. I, I, I've fallen away. And I need to get back. I need to get back. If that's you this morning, lift up your hand. I want to pray with you this morning. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. See, this is the place where you make these choices. This is where you make that choice. And God honors that. And God sees that. This is where you say, I want to come out of the place where I'm at. I need change. I need deliverance. I need a fresh start. If that's you this morning, you lift up your hand. I want you to come. I want to pray with you this morning. I want you to come make your way here. This is where you get your fresh start. Push through. Don't worry about everybody else. Worry about yourself this morning. You are here before God and God loves you. He wants you to become the best. He wants the best for you. He wants the best for you. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, 